We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from Wild Turkey Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey. Let's tune in to their one-on-one with Jamal, a real bartender from Old Fourth Ward in Atlanta. I really get into the backstory of whatever I'm pouring. Out of respect. There are literally years of experience behind these bottles. Wild Turkey, same recipe since 1942. If you want a true classic, this is what you want to order. Wild Turkey. Wild Turkey Distilling Company, Lawrenceburg, Kentucky. Copyright 2020, Campari, American, New York, New York. Never compromise, drink responsibly. If you feel like you, you topped it, we'll come back with one that we feel like topped yours. <laughs> that's how we do it. Fantasy Soccer Podcast, brought to you by Rotowire.com, your premier source for fantasy sports. For news, rankings, projections, DFS lineup optimizers, and more, head over to Rotowire.com slash soccer. And now, here are your hosts, Mike Gottlieb and Andrew Laird. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Rotowire Fantasy Soccer Podcast. I am your host, Mike Gottlieb, and with me, as always, is Andrew Laird. Andrew, have you ever been both humbled and extraordinarily angry at the same time? Probably. I can't think of a specific situation, but I'm sure that's happened. Well, that's how I'm feeling now. I'm humbled because I've taken a certain certification test, I think, three times, and have failed it all three times. So, pretty humbling there. And I'm angry, not at the test, uh... I'm angry that I, I – it's very rare that you feel just naturally overwhelmed. and it just You feel like you're incompetent. You feel like you're doing everything right, but just something is not working, and it feels like at a real basic level, like a real fundamental level. Have you ever felt that before? Uh, probably. I'll, I'll have the same response. Probably, but I don't know. Okay. Well – I can tell you that there is definitely a group of people that probably feel that way more often than how I have felt it just recently with this certain exam. And that's probably just women in general. 
And there have been a – we'll, we'll get to the soccer part of this. There's going to be a really long train of, of events here, and it will get into soccer, I promise. Just wait for me to get there. And if you don't, <laughs> if you don't like social issues or anything like that, I just recommend you fast-forward the podcast a couple of minutes. Now, let me start with – there have been two situations that have happened recently, both involving basketball players. And society's misogynistic tendencies have really come out to play. And it's to the point where even the mainstream media members, I'm, uh, I'm going to be pointing at two ESPN personalities particularly and one entertainment personality that have not only missed the target in terms of what they should be talking about, what they did talk about, they made it worse and, and worse for women. Just and in general. And so let me start with, first of all, presidential candidates who are trying to decide what women can do with their own bodies, which is just it's frustrating from a human level. Then and it trickles down like, you know, these really powerful political people can say, oh, you know, women oh, usually usually middle aged white men, usually not always, but usually. And. They say women can do this, women can't do that, especially – and even when it pertains to their own body and their own choices, which is strange uh, and also just dangerous. Second – and now it will trickle down to you know companies will say – oh, companies have been busted recently including uh, that, that one sponsor, uh, Indian Wells, Indian Wells of, yeah. the, uh, of the tennis tournament saying that women tennis players should be on their knees thanking God for – Rafael Nadal and Roger Federer, uh, because the women's game is, it, it, you know, it, it pales in comparison. They should just be thankful that the men are there for so that the women can actually get paid anything. Uh, I'm sure the Williams sisters disagree, and and a couple others who have made a lot of money more than most of the men on the tour. Um, and and it keeps trickling down, and then we get to the basketball situations where. Uh, we'll start with situation one, which happened, I believe, on Tuesday, where – and these are – a lot of these names I have never heard of before, so I'm <laughs> aging rather nicely. Um, so a hip-hop R&B guy named Party Next Door, which real name, I don't care, uh, he took an Instagram photo of himself with an R&B singer named Kalani uh, – in his bed, you know, referencing that, you know, she's been in his bed with him recently. Um, issue is, is that she is currently the girlfriend or fiance of Kyrie Irving of the Cavaliers. She was so distraught that she has publicly admitted to uh, attempting suicide, uh, partly due to the fact of what the immediate aftermath of that Instagram photo. Um, so essentially, the blame, the public shaming was on her uh, as an isolated incident. You know, wh whatever your feelings are of it doesn't matter here. That's just, uh, just presenting those that that is a fact that has happened. Fast forward 24 hours when the news breaks that D'Angelo Russell has shared. A, well, maybe not D'Angelo Russell himself, but someone has shared a, vi a video from D'Angelo Russell's perspective of Nick Young admitting to being with other women while in, um, engaged to. Iggy Azalea. Who and, I'd heard of. Yes. I knew right that heard of. Yes. Now we get to the name you've heard of. Um, Nick Young also being referred to as Swaggy P. 
also hilarious. Um, and what happened afterwards, the immediate knee-jerk reaction was, you know, not to talk about, let's say, what was, you know, you know, even this discussion to me would have been better than what had happened. Of what was the greater evil, uh, D'Angelo Russell sharing that video or Nick Young, you know, performing, uh, you know, uh, committing adultery, for lack of a better term, committing adultery. Mm-hmm. That conversation I would have been semi okay with, even though it really doesn't matter. What wasn't okay, and here is where I start pointing to Mike and Mike, and especially at Stephen A. Smith. Stephen A. Smith, who says, you know, that even him as a reporter, he doesn't even want to talk to D'Angelo Russell, that the Lakers should consider trading D'Angelo Russell because D'Angelo Russell is not trustworthy. You've got to be kidding me. Uh, You know, first of all, you know, these are these are boys or not boys, young men in a grown man's environment and they are 19 and 20 years old they are you know essentially kids you know very young adults they do stupid things at that time you've probably done stupid things i've done stupid things and you you know they're they're in a man's world now and they're having man's accountability and responsibilities even though they're still going to be 19 and 20 years old and whether or not you agree that the criticism should go on D'Angelo Russell, the fact that the conversation is only about D'Angelo Russell is excusing the action, the same action that caused Kalani, you know, when you, re- when you reverse the genders, when Kalani is so distraught that she attempts suicide versus Nick Young, who did the, virtually the same thing. And when their private lives are exposed in a way they don't want them to be. Nick Young is not only not feeling that any kind of pressure like Kalani had, he's completely absolved because someone else, because, you know, he happened to get caught and it happened to get put out in public. Stephen A. Smith saying that, you know, when a man, when a man says stuff to you, especially about other women, you should just turn your head, see no evil, speak no evil, hear no evil. It's, and the message that sends to women when you cascade it with everything else that's being said, uh, and, and everything else that's being said and done, uh, potentially with you know potential laws too, and potential presidential elections, it's really damaging to women. And wh- and you know, even though I'm frustrated by this one exam that I keep failing, and I feel like I'm failing it at a fundamental level. Women, and if they, if you, if you connect all these dots and historically connect the dots historically, fundamentally, just every day must feel like this as a woman. And here's where I'm going to tie it into soccer because now this is the first action, uh, you know, first resolving action where, you know, women and men should rally behind these women, not only because of what they're talking about now, but because of what's happened in the past and how you can make it better going forward. And the five, uh, the five U.S. women who are suing the United States Soccer Federation, which they totally should do, have claimed that they are paid way less. They are. In fact, some professional women soccer players can't even make a professional – they can't – they don't earn a living wage. They have to get a second job. And the U.S. women are saying, well, even us as the U.S. women's national team are paid less than our male counterparts even though we are more successful than they've ever been and more profitable than they are. Now, that could be partly due to the fact of what they're paid. However, this is something that I feel is very important from a society 
uh, a progressive society that we claim to be a modern Western civilization. Andrew, I know this was a very long and <laughs> long-winded and potentially just going, you know, just flailing in all directions rant. Um, but I, I feel like it's more than a rant. It's very important that you know these that the voices here, even though it's the women that are suing, that there needs to be more male public male recognition of the uh, of these co- of the fact that women are treated so even today they're treated so unevenly and so it was such inequality it's really embarrassing you know, as a man who pays attention and is socially conscious i think you kind of hit it on there right on the head there that the the expectation that only women should be fighting that cause is a little misguided um, or not even fighting the cause or even just recognizing that there is some sort of inequality there. But um, that was a tremendous rant in lots of directions. But um, I agree. I agree with uh, nearly everything you said. And, you know, we have at least 17 people who are listening to us so that hopefully yeah. at least gets it in their mind that, um, you know, this and is when, something and, that exists. And, yeah. and I hope that that, last five minutes or so or probably longer is submitted to the fswa (laughs) for podcast of the year Hmm. that is the best moment of any podcast that's going to be nominated for that award i hope we're nominated again anyway or a finalist whatever whatever the process is um you know it's i feel like it's very important and you know women's soccer in general you know what We, we can even put it this way uh, our, our friends over at DraftKings, Mondogol, was there a women's World Cup game? Mondogol did one. Did DraftKings? No, but they don't. I mean, they their offerings are much more limited than Mondogol's. But Mondogol did have one, and I think didn't Taga do something? I think they did. I think Taga a, did something. I think they too. did a tournament challenge. I don't know if they did yeah. like the same type of best yeah. eleven. I agree. Yeah, it was. Yes, it they was did something a, like they that. Did a, yeah, they did a tournament challenge, and they had a women's. It was a lot more than a lot of other sites. <laughs> it, 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 and that goes to my point. And even in the soccer world, you see it. Um, it it's it, it's it's inequality. It's human rights. It's 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 all sorts of so gender inequality is very real. And you know that was the social responsibility side of the podcast. We are still a fantasy Premier League podcast. <sighs> feels awkward as a transition to go to this now but uh yeah we do have to preview game week 32 uh just as a public service announcement there are double game weeks coming up andrew uh, i believe game week 33 is the first of them correct yeah they we have uh i believe it's everton and crystal yeah. palace that will have two matches in 33 and then <clears throat> everton again i believe have uh, they have two more in 34, don't they? Yes, they have um, Yeah, two more matches in 34. And I believe they 35 is a very light week, as yeah, is 36, they're... and 37 Everton has a double along with some other teams. So they're, um, they're going to be quite busy. And we kind of discussed this on Tuesday that I'm not sure how you take advantage of that outside of Romelu Lukaku. Yeah, uh, we'll, we'll get to Everton at the very end of the podcast because they played the late game on Sunday. Uh, 
it's going to be very interesting over the next month or so uh, in terms of any if there's any squad rotation for those double game weeks uh, for teams that are still in European competitions, looking at Liverpool in particular. Um, you know, it, it's, it's going to be interesting to see what happens because uh, Manchester City – they they look they, they, they stink out loud right now, <laughs> you know, and I, I I'm still confused as to how they've gotten to where they are now, and we'll talk about them a little more later too. Uh, let, let's just get right into the weekend here, um, seven forty five, because they I think they have reset their clocks now in England yes. back to the normal times, uh, f- normal times for the United States that is. Um, so Aston Villa are at home against Chelsea, two teams with nothing to play for. Remy Gard, we talked about what? Aston Villa has nothing to play for. They they're 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 completely done. <laughs> uh, and it, it's so bad when a manager leaves upon mutual consent with eight games to go. In a relegation fight, no less. Yeah. Not, I, that's my point. Yeah. My point is that they are so far back, they aren't even in the relegation fight. They are looking for their manager in the championship. And they're probably going to look for a manager who's going to evaluate the current players and see and say, who can we get rid of because we're going to have to change our wage structure going into next season. Yeah. Yep. Be a lot of Jack Grealish. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know if he survives because he. Uh, I, I really think that you know teams will just offer him too much until he has. Yeah, yeah. Uh, people are going to raid and pillage whether it's now or whether it's when they uh, you know January you know by January. Yeah. Uh, you know, I mean, just look at QPR. Remember the the guys that we thought would leave, they did in January. Right. So it, it's it's just one of those it's one of those things where because both Lee Ray and Charlie Austin are gone. So it's one of those things where whether it's now, whether it's later, they're going to need a manager to assess and what, when better to start assessing than now. Yeah. Uh, and it's going to be interesting to see how they play against Chelsea, who, who the manager is going to be for one. I mean, rumor has it, I mean, it, it, then the smart pick here is likely to be Sean Dyche, the former Burnley manager. He has a rep. He has Villa. For Villa. Yeah, I'm sorry. I think you meant for Chelsea. I was like, whoa, 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 wait. No, no, no. Yes, no. okay. No, for Sean Dash for Villa. And you know, he, he's gotten a team recently promoted, uh, a team that with a he's, very he's small He's gotten them uh, relegated as well. But but it's he. he I'm not talking about next – I'm not talking about the season after when the, if they get to the Premier League. I'm talking about getting them back into the Premier League. Yeah. As a different kind that, – that is a different league, the championship, than the Premier League in more ways than just financially. Yep. yep. It's just different. There are 24 teams, for example, so you play more games. And they're just different games every single time. Nigel Pearson? Yeah, that's another name talked about. Um, that, that, uh, you know, press conferences would be very fun from here to the end of the season if Nigel Pearson's the manager. Yeah, uh, That's the other name. I mean, David Moyes has been thrown around, but you can't see David Moyes managing in the championship, no. can you? No, no, no. Yeah. But on the field, Aston Villa, I, I, you know, it's going to be really tough to figure out who's even playing. At this point, uh, everyone's playing for their jobs. So you should you should anticipate anyone who does play plays very very hard. Yeah, I mean, and they should, in theory, be trying to score as much as they can because that's the only way you can pick up three points. So, that being said, there are nineteen other teams I'd rather pick uh, players from. Yeah, 
I, I, I don't think there. I mean, except for maybe like a Bakuna or an Ali Sissoko, I don't think there's or Hutton maybe. Yeah, maybe, maybe. Right. Uh, yeah, uh, Hutton's also you know red card capable. It's it's one of the it's one of those teams where it's it's a wasteland. Yeah. And there's, there's not even it's not even like Swansea where you can be like it's a wasteland outside of Sigurdsson. It's just a wasteland everywhere across the board. Yep, it's pretty ugly. I wonder what Brad Guzan's going to do. All right, uh, Chelsea side, you got to if you play the early game, you got to like everybody, right? Do you think Remy starts up front? And I, if so, does he start with Traore? It's so irresponsible. If you know, I would be, I would be more inclined to bring up one of the young players from the under 18s for this game. Well, that to start Loic Remy up front. That's my, that, that's just where my headspace is. I'm not saying that's what's going to happen. I think I'm just saying in a smart situation, this is the game where you would give a young player a, a, a senior debut. Yep, I think that's fair. Uh, on the flip side, they can still just keep going with. Uh, Traore and Kennedy. They could, uh, they could. Uh, if that's the position they see him wanting, to, if they if they see him as a center forward, then yes, this would be a good time to do it. If they see him as a central midfielder, uh, an attacking midfielder, you know, he was brought up as an attacking midfielder, so it, it's it's one of the situations. Are they are they ready to make that change for Bertrand Traore or not? Uh, he's performed decently at both right attacking midfield and at the center forward, so that's a luxury that they have. Yeah. And they didn't even decide to use it last week, which was just my thought. Um, and I don't know what Ruben Loftus-Cheek has to do to earn more playing time. I, I don't know. Every time he plays, he makes the side look better. Yeah, it's it's astonishing to me that John Obi Mikel is a constant. Yeah, and, and and it's been described that you know he's the he's the first name on the team sheet. It's like right. what? Right. He should be the last. He should be the first one off. Yeah. And not only that, they're, they're, the rumor mill is saying that there are lucrative deals for him in China. In China, yeah. What I'm saying is, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Please take him off the books. Please don't even give him the option. He is such a waste of space out there. He doesn't defend well enough. He can't organize a back line because he's not on the back line. He doesn't shield anybody. He just He's just big and he takes up space and he can – Pass the ball forward maybe a, a dozen times a game. I've updated from my, you know, counting it on one hand. <laughs> I know you showed me some stats where he puts it. He, he has like forty forward passes a game. I don't believe it. Do you think Matic leaves this summer? Too close. To, too early to tell. Okay. Depends who the new manager is. Yeah. I think. Uh, I think it's. I th- like I said, I think it's too early to tell. It really depends if it's Conte is the next manager. Um, I might finally get my my desired wish of seeing three five two, maybe. Uh, but if it's Conte, if it's three five two, those shielding midfielders are very important in that system. Yeah. So I'm not. And and if Conte tells him that you're you're my guy, along with someone, let's say like a Reginian Golan, who is the rumor that they'd be targeting, that yeah. would be that'd be great. I'm not happy. sure he wants to not play in the Champions League either, though. That's a very good. It's a very good, very good criticism of that rumor. He's really good, though. He would look good in Arsenal shirt too. Yeah. But uh, let's talk about against Aston Villa, though. Uh, I don't know if Oscar starts. Would you start him? Probably not. I feel like every time I start Oscar, he either plays like 52 minutes or he just doesn't do anything. So I will pass on him and let someone else 
benefit from his hat trick since I said I would pass on him. So Cesc Fabregas scored two goals last week. Over under for the rest of the season, one and a half. Under. That's what I thought. <laughs> um, if you had asked me that question three months ago, I would have said that, though. Bronislav <laughs> uh, Ivanovic, would you start him? No. You, you wouldn't start anyone from the Chelsea back line? Not, not on DraftKings because they don't do enough. And I mean, I, I they don't guess cross you... enough. They don't cross enough, and their back line has not been good enough to guarantee a clean sheet. Yeah, even so against Aston Villa. Yeah, so no, I wouldn't. Okay, that means Cotois out too for you. Uh, he, I mean, yes, I ranked him pretty highly just because they're playing Villa and the other matchups aren't ideal. But, yeah, I mean, we do that more as a season-long ranking, though, not as a DraftKings ranking. Yeah, but even so, if I think they're going to give up. I actually think I may like him more. I mean, he's expensive is the problem in DraftKings. But, I mean, if Villa do come out trying to score as much as they can, theoretically that's a good number of saves for Courtois. But I'd rather save money elsewhere yeah. or save money to spend it elsewhere. Yeah. All right. We've talked enough about that game. Let's go on. Arsenal, speaking of whom, the Reggie Nine goal and sweep six. Uh, they are at home against Watford, a team that can't score very much. Uh, this looks like an Arsenal runaway, and th- th- this looks like where you'll start investing maybe some defense dollars if you're going to invest them. Yeah, I think that's that's definitely a possibility. The It would be just classically Arsenal to go on a run now that they're kind of out of the title race. So the... You know, Not if you ask Matthew Flamini. I think it was him who said that they're still in the race. Yes. Uh, anyway. One of them said it. Yeah. The There's just really no reason to get all excited about it. But they they definitely have the schedule to go on a run here. I mean, they play uh, Watford this weekend. Then they have a double game week in 34, again, home against Palace and home against West Brom. Uh, they're at Sunderland. Wait, they have three straight home games? Yeah. And it's four out of five. They're home against Norwich. And then at Man City is the tough one in 37, and then they finish home against Villa. Like, they have very, very, very good matchups coming up, uh, which should allow them to comfortably finish eight points behind Leicester. (laughs) Man. And Man City will need that game. Yes. They will need it very badly. Yes. So, yeah. Uh, Ugh. That's but it's a, but, you, but that, I mean that's for a second place. That's a perfect run of run for the end of the season, and of course they're effectively out of it at this point. Yeah, well they're going to be that horse that's charging up the outside. Exactly. Speaking of, speaking Lose of which, uh, the, the the Derby's coming up in a little over a month. Yeah. You know. We can all pretend to like horse racing for a few minutes. Right. Get your daily racing forms now. Uh, for the Watford side, uh, Troy Deeney scored last week. Uh, Igalo is in play this week. Nobody, nobody on Watford's in play for me. I don't want any of them. Oh, well, if I'm looking make, for cheaper forwards, I'll find them elsewhere. That'll make our daily dose very awkward. <laughs> uh, I, I think. Oh, I mean, he's not on my team. Just a spoiler, but Ben Watson's been getting a lot of crosses recently. Uh, I don't think he played in the last match before the break. That's. I think that was my hesitation on him, but I get that. I get that if he starts, he makes for a very appealing option. But Arsenal, I actually, for the rankings on Arsenal, I almost put Monreal and Bellerin one and two. I thought about it. I really did. Um, the, yeah, I thought about I it. Like, I feel like a lot of people are going to spend money there. 
I mean, I think it's worth it's worth it. More Bellerin than Monreal. He's been a little more attacking recently. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It, it, it's, it, you're going to like all your Arsenal options. Uh, I mean, Alex Iwobi has got anyone you're excited about if he starts. He should start. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I would definitely consider him because um, that's right. He should start, but you never know with these guys. But yeah, he's very cheap on DraftKings, so I would. I'd yeah, be it's gonna be there. it's gonna be Theo Walcott and Matthew Flamini leading the way. Oh, Flamini's out, I think. So thankfully, we can get saved before anything like that happens. Well, if he's not out, he should be Flamini. Right. All right, let's move on. Bournemouth at home against Manchester City. Another game where, well, good thing Bournemouth are safe. Uh, yeah. Manchester Manchester City come to town. They've just been hearing for two weeks about how bad they are. Yeah, and uh, and how they don't care. Yes, my hesitation with Man City is that we have Champions League next week, um, and so not that they're going to be like a lot of squad rotation, but if they go up early, uh, I could see you know Aguero sitting. Uh, they announced today that Samir Nasri's fit again. Uh, he's been out since October, so he's not going to start. But you know, I could see a uh, sixty minutes from Jesus Navas and then thirty from from Nazri or, you know, if they're up two or three, nothing, you know, you theoretically could have Silva come out for Nazri. Um, you know, Sterling's still kind of, uh, around. So the, I, I worry about, uh, investing too much in guys. If the, uh, possibility is there that, you know, Pellegrini's thinking of resting some of them ahead of next weekend or next week's matches. Yeah, and here's something that I have a I just have an issue. Uh, it, it involves Chelsea too. The concept of the lame duck coach. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, it's you know it, it it has to be very awkward when a coach comes down on a player and the player goes, "What do I care? You're not going to be here next year." Yeah, you won't be here in two months. Right. And in Manchester City's case, like not only do they know that Pellegrini is not going to be there, but they know that they're getting a better coach. <laughs> You know what I mean? And, yeah. it, and it must be really emasculating and to constantly walk around your own locker room with your tail between your legs like Pellegrini must. Maybe. I mean, theoretically, I think there are only three or four I, I, players I, who are really comfortable yeah, knowing are, that they'll be there next year too, though. Yeah, people are criticizing Metro City that they don't care. And as a manager, that has to really be insulting. Yeah. But – you know, Pellegrini can be like, look, I do these things and they, and he's not going to say this publicly, but, you know, why would the players listen to him? You know, he if he says, you know, you guys are you guys are pathetic, you guys aren't even trying. They'll be like, what the hell do you know? You're getting replaced. Right. Uh, why? why Their the response is, why are you even trying? You're not you're, you know, you're not even supposed to be here. Yeah. I think the flip side for both both uh, both is that they're all playing for next like they're all playing to be employed next year. And the, you know, he's looking for a new job. Valencia is the latest one that I heard with his name on it. But theoretically, Pep could clear out most of those guys. So there's no, what's the reason to think that yeah. all of their those guys are safe? He's done it once already to Yaya. Yep. Yep. <laughs> so, you know, it is, like, you know, Yaya Torre, the reason why he's on Manchester City. Is yeah, exactly. Because of Pep Guardiola. Uh, so it's, it's definitely, and Yaya has played terribly since the news. Uh, you know he's done what he always does. He's hit or miss, and he he plays really well for four minutes. Yeah, and the game is ninety. Yeah, well, yeah, <laughs> right. But he's really good in those four minutes. Really, really good. 
Anyway. Unmatched. Anyway, so Manchester City options. Would you would you would you spend the money it would take to get a Manchester City option? Let's let's start from the top. Sergio Aguero. Probably I would probably I'm going to pass on Aguero this week. There was a um, this five thousand dollar forward thing that we talked about. Um, one of our listeners uh, who or looked into it, and I apologize for who it was. Uh, might have been Blender at Blender HD, if I remember correctly. Um, it was basically like it's worth paying up for the forwards on small slates because you have this great phrase that the goals per dollar uh, work out better in those small slates to grab guys like Kane and Aguero. But when you have the bigger slate, they're just more possible, you know, as expected, there are more places that the goals can come from. So you don't necessarily need to spend so much money because. I mean, you obviously have to hit on the right guys, but you have to hit on the right upper tier ones as well. So yeah, um, that's not that's not mutually exclusive to the lower price players, right? So uh, I'm gonna roll with that for a little bit, and this is a humongous slate, so I'll I'll pass on the upper tier guys. Uh, we'll have different teams, I imagine. Good, good. All right, that's at least on... the upper tier goal scorers. We'll see what happens. Yeah. All right. Um. So for Manchester City, would you go David Silver or Yaya? No, I'm. I'm I'm off both of those guys. I don't care. I mean, Navas for the crosses. Nope. Joe Hart for the possible clean sheet on the road. Well, or they are. Uh, oh, by the way, Manchester City terrible on the road. Well, that too. It's also Caballero. That's uh, right. That one. I mean, twenty nine hundred on DraftKings is pretty attractive for a heavy favorite. But uh, well, how can Manchester City be a heavy favorite on the road? Just because they're Manchester oh, City. But have they not seen what's happened to Manchester City on the road this season? I mean, yes, but they're still overwhelmingly better than Bournemouth. They're the third highest favorite of the entire weekend behind Arsenal and Chelsea. So two of the top three are on the road. I would take Boric over Caballero. Okay. Simply because he might get some more saves. Okay. I don't trust either for a clean sheet. Yes. Charlie, Charlie Daniels, I'm assuming, is your best defender here? Uh, I think so. He's now the most expensive defender. I guess he's tied with Kolarov, who won't play. I mean, that's pretty crazy for like a Bournemouth defender to be the top-priced defender. His, his ascent to the top was pretty quick. Yeah. Lightning quick. Yeah. He was uh, 3,100 10 yeah. games ago. Looks like Tyrone Mings is not even going to have a place in the team next season. Yeah, maybe not. Oh, record signing. Good job. <laughs> well... Yeah, at the time it was a great job. Uh, Matt, Matt, you would would you go Matt Ritchie over David Silva? Yeah, oh yeah. Would you go Gradle? Yes, I would. Well, Gradle over Aguero. All of, them, all of them, yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong, Aguero can score eight goals, but well, maybe five goals, but I just don't see it uh, worth the eight eight hundred. I think I can make it up elsewhere. I think there'll be a lot of players taken from this game on both sides. I think so. I think you're right. Unlike the next game, Norwich at home against Newcastle. Uh, actually, you know what? I, I say that in je- I say that jokingly. Newcastle, to their credit, they've looked a lot better under Benitez, and in particular, Mitrovic has looked good. Yes, he can't score, but he gets he gets in the, he gets in better positions and gets in better positions to score. Whether he converts or not is yeah. Another. They're still they have one goal in the two games that he's been there. Lester was one of them, so that you know that's tough. But I don't know. I 
I, I don't see many options there that make me think I can get value out of them other than maybe Shelby. And even then he's getting a little pricey. Yeah. Jan yeah. picked up an injury. Yeah. He's questionable. So and really Mitrovic, not... I mean the, what about Andros Townsend who played? Again? Yeah. Yeah. Looked good when he came on. Yeah. He, uh, I've just never been the biggest Townsend fan, but he does cross a decent amount in open play, which, which will help at 4,000. Um, right, let's do the same game again. Patrick Bamford or Mitrovic? Well, Bamford's not, uh, still not in the player pool. I don't know what's going on with oh that. Oh, my but, God. Um, I would, so insulting to me. I would take Bamford. It's like, it's like they listened to our podcast. They heard <laughs> how much I like Patrick Bamford and would like to use Patrick Bamford, and they say, ha no, sir. We're not letting you jinx this guy. <laughs> I would take um, Bamford over Mitrovic. Yeah, but he's still not in the player pool. Come on, DraftKings, get it together. <laughs> Wes Houlihan or John Joe Shelby? Um, I I guess I would take if they were the same price. I would probably take Shelby, but they're not. All right, what about Ooh, Robbie Brady? I think he's yeah probably better than all of them. Okay. And you wouldn't take a single defender, or would you take a Rob Elliott in this game actually? Or whoever his backup is, because Rob Elliott is not playing. Yeah, Carl Darlow is probably going to get the start at 2,800. Um, sure. I probably not on the road. That's how I'll do it. Well, if Cameron Jerome starts at center forward, you may as well put the Newcastle goalkeeper in. No, that's fair. There, there are a few backup keepers this week that having to go with Newcastle's backup keeper, third string keeper on the road. Uh, I think you can find find a better option you could find better value like willie so. caballero right all right uh let's move on because that newcastle norwich game there's really not much there to talk about uh if you pick players from that game you're picking them at your own peril yeah good luck actually you know what i, I lied uh I, you know what? i'll save it for i'll save it for oh God, I, I have a player i have a player from this game even better just realized that <laughs> at least one all right uh <laughs> let's move on to a game where i also have another player from uh, Stoke at home against Swansea. I feel like there's going to be a lot of people on the Stoke midfield and forwards in this game. Is I'm, there... not, I'm not sure if it's totally justified. Why is it not justified? They haven't been that good. Recently. Okay. Uh, I mean, you know, it depends which one you're talking about, to be fair. Um, for example, I would feel more comfortable with Jonathan Walters than I would Boyan. Yeah, I... Maybe I expanded the field a little bigger. I think Shakiri, if he starts, is a great play. Uh, Arnautovic has, continues to see his price go up um, to the point where he's actually may have priced himself out of it without a goal. But I, I like him more than than Walters. Um, the The problem is that we're if Shakiri doesn't play, there are kind of a lot of crosses available. So you have like Afalai who could start and uh, take corners or... Um, yeah, I mean, I think Boyan is is only the call if Afalai and Shakiri don't play. And Yosalu is also an Yosalu is another option. Yeah, you could theoretically could, could have uh, Mami Diouf as well. So oh, no, you can't. Uh, <laughs> I've tried that. You don't want to do that. Well, I meant they have it, not us. Oh, okay. Yes. Um, so that it's there are a lot of question marks uh, around whether Shakiri plays. I think kind of all revolves around him. Yeah, uh, on the Swansea side, it's pretty cut and dry. Skilfy Sigurdsson and maybe Leroy Fair and uh, then no one else. 
Uh, that's yeah. That's how I. That's how I would look at it. Sigurdsson's at, at seventy eight hundred, and for two hundred dollars more, you can get Mesut Ozil, and I think I would rather Ozil than Sigurdsson at Stoke. Stoke's a tough place to play. Yeah, <laughs> especially when Phil Bardsley's there. That's right. <laughs> he is on Stoke now, right? He is. Okay, I got it right. He got an assist last week. That's the only reason why I know. Yeah, it, uh, this may not be the last time we talk about Phil Bardsley today. Oh, fantastic. <laughs> Let's move on to Sunderland, the fighting Sam Allardyces. Uh, get at home again. <laughs> fighting Sam. Fighting Sam. Yeah, there you go. The fighting Sam's against the fighting Tonys of West Brom, who, actually, who may not be the fighting Tonys for much longer. Right, so. yeah. But rumors rumors are swirling that he, he may not survive the year or potentially next season. Yep. It's Tony Pulis is just he's a guy he'll keep you in the league, but he won't do much else. Um, West Brom apparently want to take steps forward. So with that being said, you don't see that West Brom taking any steps forward against a big Sam led team at home, do you? No, I, I love Sunderland in this game. Speaking of Sunderland, DeAndre Yedlin in the in the U.S. game against Guatemala, the second one. The game that they had to win. Yep. He looked great. Yeah, he did. He looked. He looked like he played for a real team with a real manager. Yep. I feel that the faith that Allardyce has shown in DeAndre Yedlin is going to help him so exponentially on the positive side. Totally agree. Totally agree. He. Um, somebody made a comment uh, on Twitter about how uh, Yedlin looks like a player who has been getting plenty of first team football for. Um, a legitimate like Premier League team. Like he looks like a real professional now and it's really nice to see. Yeah, it may they may want Josie Althor back soon. No. No, oh, no I tried. I tried. I tried. On the West Brom side, uh Solomon Rondo and that hot streak's cooled down. Yeah, it was I mean, he he's so goal dependent and so when he doesn't score, like his last f- four games if you take the goal out uh which even if he got the shot on target, it's seven, five, five, and three. And I mean, he's still pretty cheap. He's like the classic, what everybody likes to call a GPP play. Cause he could, you know, he can get you a goal at 45, but I'm off. No, thanks. Yeah. I- I'm off all West Brom players, even though I used to love James McLean and Craig Dawson. I, I put Ron Dunn in the same category as Mitrovic. They're the exact same player to me. They're humongous in the box and they probably won't score, but they could. I, I don't think Ron Doan's going to fight medical trainers to get back on the pitch after he's been knocked unconscious. Mitrovic is a slightly scary. Yeah, that's fair. He's a slightly inti- more intimidating human being. But uh, let's let's move on to West Ham, who all they do is get in the rumor mill about signing a new striker. If there's a striker on the market, West Ham are interested. Yes. And they have four. Yeah, they have a lot. <laughs> they have four of them now. And and I don't know which one to play. And they're at home against Crystal Palace, uh, a, a London derby here. Um, I, I, the, the only two players that and I'm, uh, you know what, uh, you know what, I'll let, let me let you break down West Ham because I don't want to spoil anything that I'm going to do in uh, in daily dose yet. Uh, Payet is by far the best option. Um, he's got arguably the the highest floor of anybody in the Premier League. Um, he is obviously very expensive, although he is. Man, uh, we, both, we both took him. He <laughs> he's the third most expensive player, uh, but he's by far the safest in that range. Uh, Lanzini is kind of one of these that can benefit off of Payet. 
Um, scored last week? He scored last week, but his his floor is low. Like, he doesn't do a lot uh, otherwise. So I, I don't find him nearly as attractive. Um, Michael Antonio has seen his price move up because he went on uh, a three-game goal streak, and he's playing um, right back now, which... Uh, hasn't led to a, a big increase in crosses because that's just not how West Ham plays. So uh, moving him away from the goal, uh, I think, is a pretty big detriment to his fantasy value. The um, You're not really going to go after, you know, Kuyate or Noble um, just because they, they play too far. Kuyate will definitely score now that I've said that. Um, but he just doesn't, I mean, they're holding midfielders, so they're, you're not going to get a ton out of them. So is there somebody I forgot? Nope. And Victor Moses plays for them sometimes too. Cresswell. Yeah. Cresswell is good, but he's another one that like, they're not, he's not crossing. He's not crossing enough. So, um, it's because it's be all because of that first point you made that Paye has the highest floor. He's the one doing the crossing. He's the one doing the scoring. He's the one doing all this stuff. Yeah. So I, I would say that the, the amount that he does for West Ham is similar to what Gilfie Sigurdsson does for Swansea, except better. There are other guys. He is better. And there are other guys that you could consider. Uh, you know, we named, you know, Cresswell, Lanzini, theoretically, and Antonio, but uh, who, which Sigurdsson does not have, but still it's Payet and everybody well, else. Payet, and Payet continued his ways internationally, scored a cracker of a free kick. Oh, that was so good. Oh, it was so good. No chance. No, no one's no one's saving that unless you're standing there. I'm not sure the goal you would have saved it had he known exactly where it was going. Because, like, unless he was standing there, like you know, like like Spider-Man on the right, post, right. like he's not saving that. Yeah. Yep. In fact, I think it's time for people to start putting uh, ten men just on the goal line when he's on a free. <laughs> Maybe. Do you like anyone from Palace? If Jason Punchin returns, he played with the uh, the under twenty ones. Yeah, they uh, say that... Kabai, Adebayor, Wickham, that, and Jedinak could all sit out. Yeah, good. <laughs> Jason Punchin, if Bakary Sako starts, that'd be something I'd be interested in. But Punchin seems attractive if Kabai doesn't start. Yeah, because he'll get all the crosses in right. all the corners. Right. Um, but hey, West Ham it. have been. Pre- I mean, West Ham have been very good. Yeah, Crystal. Pa- when 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 you. When you let Patrick Bamford go and you bring in an option and you get worse at the striker position, you're in trouble. <laughs> they haven't they, they haven't picked up a single point in this calendar year. The only team not to do so. Yeah. I mean. they, they they can't they can't score with any consistency. And even if and if they get down early, they, they, they will think that they've lost already. Yeah. Yep. And uh, here's the here's the here's the kicker. West Ham are a terrible starter team. They just don't start games well. But they are, I think, the second-best second-half team. Mm-hmm. When was the last they, time they lost? It's been a while. It's been a hot minute. Um, Slavin Bilic has them playing very well, especially in the second half, when you need to be playing your best. Yeah. They get better as the game goes on, which makes me feel like he's one of the better in-game managers in the league. You, I mean, you, you just don't score that many second-half goals for for no reason. 
man, you are agreeing with me way too much this show. Yeah, it's right. starting to worry me a little bit. Yeah, exactly. We're going to we're gonna have very similar teams. We're both going to score 40 points. <laughs> and I won't be able to track it because I can't officially play on DraftKings. Right. Liverpool are at home against Spurs in the marquee matchup of Saturday. It's the 1230 game. I believe it'll be on NBC, the network, mm. um, right before some kind of random obscure sporting event. Yeah. Like track and field. X Games NASCAR edition or something. <laughs> and what would that look like, X Games Na- X Games NASCAR edition? I think they have some sort of vehicles in the X Games now, don't they? They have snowmobiles. Yeah, it's- dirt bikes and is that there, X Games? There know. are some motorized vehicles. That's definitely ESPN anyway, so. Yeah, well. I bet they have some Olympic qualifying. That's what they'll have. Track and field. Yeah, definitely. All right, Liverpool... Roberto, so I'll just go through a bunch of options. You give me, uh, you give me a yes or a no because okay. basically Liverpool, there's a lot of mediocre options, I believe, and 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 most of them are overpriced. They're priced like elite options, but they're really mediocre. Uh, I would, so, I don't know about, I don't know about that. Firmino's uh, very unlikely to play, yeah. which um, Benteke, if he plays, you don't like him. No, like, he's not going to play either. If Origi plays, you won't like him. Right? Um. Ooh, never mind. I spoke too soon against Spurs. Uh, that that's what I was saying. It's like one of those that it's it's a real shot in the dark. Um, I think of the top tier teams, the top half table teams. You will see the least amount of players picked from Spurs. From Spurs? Oh, sorry, from Liverpool. Oh, oh um, I think you you could make a case for a few guys. Um, Coutinho. Coutinho's one. I think you could make a case for Sturridge because oh. he's so cheap. Milner. Milner, you could definitely make a case for. Uh, Henderson is worthless at this point. Um, Lalana is a real shot in the dark, but he could start because um, Firmino is likely out. The I wouldn't touch any of the defenders, even Marino, who gets involved in the attack a good amount, or Klein. Like I, yeah. That being said, I would take. Milner is priced at a point where he has to get 10 crosses. Yes, that is absolutely true. Uh, 6,500 is a lot. Yep. Just throwing that out there. Yep, that's a good point. Um, he's coming off a red card suspension, too, although he did play for England, so it's not like he hasn't been playing. In, or did he play? Yeah, I'm, I assume he did. But um, Played in one of the games, but at a yeah. different position. He played centrally. Would you... How many Spurs do you take before Liverpool guy? Two? Two. And it's Kane three, and Ollie. Three, three. You put three. Erickson ahead of him? Yeah. Okay. And if I put Erickson ahead of him, you yeah, know that's that crazy. he's been doing something. Yeah. So. Yeah, it um, it feels like it should be pretty one-sided, but, I mean, Klopp Liverpool, has... Things happen at, at Anfield. Yeah. that's Crazy things happen there. That's what I mean. Um, like, like a random players slip on their way to championships. <laughs> Weird things tend to happen there. I would love to see Liverpool take all three points. I bet you would. Yeah. You know who else I bet would? Leicester, who plays Southampton at home. Yeah. Would you like to transition, or is there more on Liverpool's I got nothing. I'm happy to talk about not taking Sadio Mane again. Go ahead. That's Don't really take all Sadio Mane again? Yeah, Perfect. no, I'm, I'm not touching anybody from Southampton, probably for the rest of the season. You know, I, I remember the math. It's still seven goals since Boxing Day. That's mm. Lester had given up. Casper Schmeichel uh, for the Sunday. I mean, if you're playing, the, this is the first game on Sunday. Yes. If you're playing the Sunday slate, I can't see how Casper Schmeichel isn't your goaltender. I agree. 
He's going to be, I think he'll be 60% owned, 70% owned. Could be. And I still think it's under ownership. Um, I, Only because people want to be different. Uh, yeah. Yep. I mean, Forster, if you go with the kind of the idea that he had that 10 save effort against Arsenal, that he should be able to get it against Leicester. Although, I'm not sure Leicester need to take that many shots. Like, they're not scoring as much we've been talking about for quite a few weeks now. So... And there and there's no player that that hated to see the Premier League break more than Graziano Pelle. Yeah, for sure. He did on play for fire. for Italy though. At least got yeah. him a call up. Yeah, he got great. Danny Drinkwater got a call up. Yeah. Jamie Vardy scored twice. Sure did. That vacuum for his first ever goal. Oh. Real. On, he he just plays. He plays like he doesn't know what his what his like what his status is you know what i mean like he doesn't know like he played like he didn't even know that it was his first call up for an england shirt playing against italy or sorry playing against germany germany yeah he didn't know they were down two nothing he just didn't know any of these things or down two one at the time like he just didn't know so he's just like yep yeah, whatever i'm just doing my thing just like it's uh you know playing in the backyard yeah like that like the the audacity the arrogance and the execution of that back heel against a really good opponent in Germany who absolutely crushed Italy in the second time in the second game of the international break. I actually watched both of Germany's games because they're that good and they're on TV. Um, but Jamie Vardy just does things at such a bl- at full speed all the time. Like he's, just, you know, I'm just going to run faster than everybody and pretend that I'm at a comfortable pace. What was that last part? And pretend that I'm at a comfortable. Oh, place. yeah. <laughs> D, uh, I, I I don't even know what to say about them anymore. Chat bleep, get banged. <laughs> What's that? You're, oh, you don't you don't you not know what I'm referring to there? No, I didn't. Okay, Jamie Vardy's Twitter profile when he was at I want to say that Steel like that Stock Steel United. I don't that that's that, that worker that worker. Yep. That, you know what I mean? The really low-level one. His Twitter bio was four words. Talk, bleep, expletive deleted, get banged. <laughs> that was I didn't know that. That was it. And I feel like he just – he's still that way. He just – he's so public now he can't say that anymore. Yeah. But he's I, still that way. Yeah. It's – yeah, it's clearly uh, – he doesn't – either he doesn't realize it or he – is just amazing at ignoring it, but like. Sorry, sorry, I misspoke. I, I Americanized it. It was chat bleep and yeah. Get chat. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I just we we've run out of ways to describe this season, and he clearly just has no idea what's going on, in a good way. It's uh, it's such a great. Everyone's just rooting for them. They they are, they would be the most celebrated Premier League champion in. Premier League history. Yep, I think so. It would be a great. It would be a great moment for humans. <laughs> Just you, there's no bad you can take from this. Agreed. Now, with that being said, in Golo Conte for a Sunday slate with a uh, few with only four teams on it. Uh, I think. Uh, hmm. How about this? Would you take Conte or Mane? The I mean, Mane obviously has the upside. Uh, the ugh. Conte has the floor, and he scored a goal recently. Yeah, that that's not or happening France. again. So, I I would I would take Mane 
for a tournament and I would take Conte for cash for a cash game. Fair enough. Uh, Penne or Vardy? So I, I, you know, I actually didn't even mean to call him that. Grazie <laughs> or... <laughs> We should let the listeners in on this game before it gets too too long. But I would take Vardy. You know, uh, yeah. At the, at the end, at the end of the podcast, uh, you know, when we start going over our daily dose, we'll 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 transition. We'll we'll tell them what we're talking about. Okay. All right. And then the last game of the week is uh, Manchester United at home against Everton. <sighs> Just uh, if there's ever a time when Manchester United are going to score a whole bunch of goals, it would be against Everton. The only problem is Everton are on the road. Yeah. And they play a lot better on the road. Yeah, they do. I think. So- so in essence, I take nobody. <laughs> <laughs> I trust no one except that Manchester United will score one goal at least, because Everton will not keep clean sheet. Yeah, no way. Uh, the The problem with United is that there are just a few too many possibilities. If if you're looking for that goal, like it's Rashford, Martial, I could see Mata getting a penalty or something, some weird ball in the box and Schneiderlin puts it in like they're Chris Smalling with a head and goal yeah something we ridiculous we like actually that. you know what we haven't seen one of those in a while I'm going Chris Smalling Chris Smalling okay that's fine um I don't know I just there are a few too many options whereas Everton are the exact opposite where it's Lukaku and everybody else is a dart throw I think, but I think I, he's I, a fine I, matchup I, you know I think everyone on on both teams would be a dart throw after Romelu Lukaku okay and frankly, he doesn't have the highest floor anyway. So, yeah, he's got a score. Yeah, yeah. He'll shoot a little bit though. He does shoot. Yeah, it's what's weird is that other than uh, Albrighton for the Sunday slate, like there's really not anybody who has ten cross upside. Like Southampton seem content using Cuco Martina instead of Cedric, and United that's, don't. That's, that's infuriating. To yeah, me. United don't. Don't start anybody who crosses that much, um, and neither does Everton. So it's a, it's gonna, it's gonna be a weird scoring slate there because. Yeah. But Sunday will be a tough slate. Yeah, I don't just not a lot of floor. floor. I don't think there'll be a lot of players. Playing. There'll be a, well, yeah, there'll be a lot of Jesse Lingard just because he's cheap. Mm, probably, yeah, you probably you probably have to. Yeah. All right, let's get to our daily dose, and we'll actually bring you in on the on the game that we kind of played uh, only with one player apparently yeah uh with graziano penne uh so there was a rumor back in the back you know back a couple months ago that we may get sponsored andrew in fact you should probably tell them more about this you were involved <laughs> um well the we actually have the site uh, uh for those of you who read rotowire.com with uh, play the six which is advertising on our site now on, on the soccer page they're parent companies in Hungary I believe they're fully legal in the US because they're they've got their game based here but I think ultimately they're owned by some Hungarian company and uh, Mike made the nice jump of being hungry to then translating soccer players names into food the hungry games the hungry games right Um, and I don't know so we've decided we've been just handing names back and forth to each other for about a month (laughs) And Grazio, Graziano Penne was is easily my favorite of the, of the group. I can... And it was one of the first ones I came up with. Yes. Um, so we have a whole list. They're all in an IM chat window somewhere, but um, we'd like all of our listeners to come up with as many as they can as well. 
and we'll try to uh, give some sort of prize for the winner of of the most uh, creative one that you can find. Yeah, uh, we'll figure we'll figure something out. We'll figure something out. Yeah, whether it has to be cross sports or whether it's related to soccer, we'll figure something yeah, out. Yeah, I'd like to keep it as soccer. We we also expanded it beyond just the Premier League, um, and I obviously can't think of one now. But we prefer ones that actually change a name as opposed to somebody whose name just happens to be a food. Well, uh, so. You know, if you open it up, I mean, there's going to be a lot of Italians because yes. it just it, they the names lend themselves up to the dishes in which <laughs> there actually is a player I forget who he plays for whose last name is Lasagna, so um, that doesn't count. Okay, perfect. So I'm trying to think of who else. I can't think of any others right now. Now that we've well, you know, we we have our own list, and we can publish it if you want. But you know, we should let the audience come up with it. We don't want to sway the jury. Agreed. Agreed. You know, so we're starting. We're starting off with Graziano Penne, and we'd like yeah. everybody else you have, to participate. You have to beat Graziano Penne. That right. is our. <laughs> that is go. our. That is our ante. Okay. We have, other, we have others in the bank. In fact, you know what? I'll, 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 you know, there's one name that we actually came up with a, with a couple of them for. Um, so there was Jordan Much, I believe it was. It, right. And that that turned into Jordan Munch, right? So that was more and turned into Jordan that. Brunch, right? And which turned into Chris Brunt, who became Chris Brunch, right? So you know, th- th- you know, have fun with it. Yes, because we basically ended up giggling like schoolgirls because we came up with some pretty good ones. So yeah, yeah. If you if you feel like you can top it, you let us know, and we'll come back. If you felt if we feel like you you topped it, we'll come back with one that we feel like topped yours. <laughs> Good. That's how we do it. Good. Harry Candy Cane would be one another one. Yep. Uh, but that's not a very good one. That was too obvious. <laughs> anyway, let's go to our daily dose. I'll start off as usual on DraftKings. Uh, so DraftKings, if you're listening, I know I live in New York and I've built a lineup. I'm not actually playing. You won't let me. But I did build a lineup card, and that is all I'm doing. <laughs> and we'll Legal. score with we'll, we'll score it by paper. Hand. Yes, we'll score it by hand. Back in the 1990s way of doing fantasy sports. That's right, and you can fax me the results. I remember, actually, you know what, this brings me to a good story. My first fantasy league I ever did, it was before I even knew fantasy sports existed. I was in middle school. Um, and it was, uh, you know, we, my friends and I being precocious little 11 or 12-year-olds, whatever we were at the time, uh, we're saying, you know, oh, I bet I can construct the best basketball team. Like, oh, I bet I can be- construct the best basketball team. And I said, all right, you know what? Well, I'll draft a team and I'll keep track on the bo- the box scores with like points, assists, and a couple other things. And that was like, you know, before I even knew that they existed, because you know, they did exist at the time, I had started a fantasy basketball league and kept track by hand. My first pick ever in any fantasy sports draft, Kobe Bryant. It was wow. his rookie year. It was his rookie year. I, I expected big things from the high school kid. He didn't, <laughs> he didn't do much. Should have been not, Shaq. Not should yet, picked, yeah. Should have picked Shaq. I still remember it. All right, and that's what got me into this whole world anyway. This, so, you know, that was – you know, Andrew, do you remember your first league? But before we, uh, We're teasing this the, – the, 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 this, uh, this daily, daily dose pretty well. I actually played in a league with my older brother, and it wasn't even so much a, a, a fantasy league. We found it, an ad for it, probably in, like, Sport Magazine. I don't even think it was Sports Illustrated, that you you actually did it all through the phone and you it was a salary cap format and you actually paid like three bucks per transaction throughout the season. My brother uh, was working at the time. I think I was like 13, so he paid for everything. And uh, 
but I remember doing that. I don't remember how we did. I assume we didn't win, but uh, that was like my first foray into fantasy. And then I don't think I had my first draft until I went to college. It's like the stock market game, but for sports. It's exactly what it felt like. Yep. And uh, yeah, I think I was yeah probably 12 or 13 when that happened and then um, got serious in college right when like Yahoo, I think, you know, in the early Yahoo days, right after, uh, what was that called? Sandbox, I think. Yep. I believe that was one of them, but uh, yeah, Yahoo was my first platform. Yeah. They were early. Anyway. Yeah. Daily dose on DraftKings, the platform that restricts me from playing. <laughs> All right. At goaltender, I have Vito Minone mm. from Sunderland. Yes. We love Sunderland this week. I have a funny feeling you'll be saying the same name at defense. I have a Watford defender cause I'm smart. Unfortunately, uh, Nathan Ake, cause I just can't get enough. Mm-hmm. Uh, at 3,400. Minone, by the way, 3,800, which I feel is incredibly underpriced. Um, Hockey at 3,400. Martin Olsen at 3,100. And DeAndre Yedlin. So I have two Sunderland backline players, including goaltender. I never thought I would say that sentence even a month ago. And a West Brom one. Right? Oh, Watford. Watford. Watford, Norwich. Oh, uh, Norwich. No, I'm sorry. Martin Olsen. Right, right. That's... They don't oh, look alike. That's quite a. Uh, they're they're not brothers from the same mothers. No, quite a backline teams represented in that backline. Um, I paid twenty nine hundred for Jacob Howgard, who is going to start for Stoke in place of Jack Butland, who is broken. Um, I paid three grand for DeAndre Yedlin. I spent forty two hundred on Hector Bellerin, and twenty eight hundred for Howgard's teammate Phil Bardsley. I hate you so much. I like the goaltender. I hate that last defender. Uh, 2800 for a fullback. That's, I'll take it. Um, it's probably the smart thing to do. <laughs> I have four midfielders. As do I. Uh, wait, actually, uh, I think so, yeah. Okay. I this have. Guy, I'm not sure how this guy's classified. Dimitri Payet, who I'm sure we both have. I spent 6500 on Milner, which I will question until lineups lock and then I can no longer question. I have $100 left which uh, so he can turn into Shakiri, and I might make that move if Shakiri starts. Uh, in fact, I will definitely make that move if Shakiri starts. 54 for Wabi Kazri and 3000 for Alex Iwobi. I have Iwobi. That was a no-brainer. Yeah. Uh, I have Paye as well yep. at 8600. Um that prevent I, I had I have two players on my team that prevented me from spending a lot on anybody else. Okay. Um, so I have a Wobi at three thousand. I have Pi at eighty six hundred. One of the two guys. The, 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 the Pi was the first name on the sheet. Yep. Um, John Obi Mikel style. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Manuel Lanzini at thirty five hundred. Okay. And I, I like West Ham, West Ham against Crystal Palace yep. this week. And Leroy Fair thirty four hundred. Yeah. I don't know how to quit Leroy Fair. <laughs> I get it. I get it. And if, and if any of them don't start, I'm screwed. Yep. It's going to be very hard for me to replace Leroy Fair if he doesn't start. Yeah. You'll have fun with uh, Fernandinho. I might have to, but uh, my the second name on my – oh, sorry. And yeah, that, that was, those are my four. I have three forwards. Yep. The second name on my sheet this weekend was Harry Kane Yep. at 8,700. I have Max Gradle at 5,400 as my other forward, mm-hmm. and I have Jonathan Walters at 4,100. Wow. Do you have any money left over? Zero dollars. Oh, okay. Um, 
because one of my forwards is 4,200, and I went with Diafra Sacco. I wanted to. Um, so he's obviously home against Crystal Palace. I have Daniel Sturridge at 4,600. And my final 4,700, I have $100 left, went to Jermaine Defoe, who I still can't believe I picked. But yeah. it's not that it's like a big game, but like every game is big for them. And I feel like he's, if I'm going to find a random goal, I'd like it. To, I think it's going to come from him. He has a goal in back-to-back games. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, for me, for me, I just, I, I figured they were, it's like the two big names that if they were going to hit, the ones that were the highest probability to hit on the high, high price players were Harry Kane and Dimitri Payet. You yep. agree with me on one of them. I'm assuming you do on the other one, but you just didn't want to pay the price. That's to find out. exactly right. Yeah, because Harry Kane, again, if he doesn't get a goal or an assist, he doesn't do much else. I understand the yep. premise. Yep. But when you have 20 but he could plus score three. Goals, yeah, but when you have 20 plus goals in the season, you tend to score more than you don't. Yes. So, um, it's it's one of those things where I feel like the price is, is worth it because if he scores or gets an assist, he's going to be at least 12, 15 points and – you know, there's no, there's no, st- he doesn't stop at one goal a game. Yep. Potentially. And yep. he doesn't stop at one goal in a game. In a game, so. yeah. So, and the opponent, Liverpool, not exactly defensively sound. <laughs> yes. And on that note, I think it is time to end this socially responsible episode of the Rotowire Fantasy Soccer Podcast. Uh, again, if you have a better submission than Graziano Penne for the Hungary games, which aren't really happening, but we're going to make it happen anyway, because that's our style. We force things. Um, you submit it to at Sports by Gotti on Twitter, G-O-T-T-I, at Rotowire Andrew on Twitter, or uh, you can just uh, yell at anybody and yell loud enough, and I'm sure we'll hear it. <laughs> All right, but no, for real though, submit it to us on Twitter. We will, we will like it. We will retweet it. We will, if we like it. Uh, we don't ignore our listeners, so please hit us up on Twitter. Andrew, thank you so much for joining us. We will catch you next week for the reaction of Game Week Thirty Two. Good luck, everyone. Thank you for listening to the RotoWire Fantasy Soccer Podcast. For more great content, visit RotoWire.com/soccer. 